I got to be real honest. I, I'm a little nervous today. Good nerves. I'm really excited about this upcoming series and what I think it could mean for our church. Uh, I've been praying for you guys and for myself and that God would just speak through me and that you wouldn't hear me be talking. Uh, but I'm excited for what this could mean for Crosspoint Fellowship. And so as we begin today, we're going to be talking uh, for the next couple weeks about building the kingdom. And today we talk specifically about the will of God. Now, one of the hardest things to do as a parent or in life in general, I've come to realize, at least from my perspective, is dealing with a strong-willed child. Now, I've got two children, and they are drastically different. Cordelia, uh, the oldest, she's seven. She's always been really prim and proper and, quite frankly, agreeable for the most part. Uh, you tell her not to do something, and she doesn't do it. Now, she's very particular. She likes things done a certain way, and she has the way that she does things, and she would always like things to go her way. But if you tell her no, that's pretty much it. She's, she's done. You said no, okay, I won't do it. As she's getting older, a little more fight back on that, uh, but we're, we're working through it. Now, Winifred, on the other hand, uh, is an entirely different story. Now, she doesn't always show it because she has this face most of the time when she looks at you. <laughs> but she has a major personality. It's huge. And she's not just particular about the way she wants things done. Like, they're going to be done her way. And so you'll tell her no, and she will stare right at you and do it. Like the other day, I told her she was fussing, and she always fusses worse with Jerrica, which is like, I think, a thing. Like, babies fuss worse with moms a lot of times than they do with dads. I don't know why that's a thing. But uh, there was a study that came out like a few months ago that said that was a thing. So that's my basis for making that statement. But for some reason, she, she really has an issue with Jerrica at times. And so she wasn't being very nice to Jerrica. Jerrica was like, who was like the best mom. She's super sweet and always caring and doing what the kids need and playing with them and feeding them. And like, she does everything, let's be honest. Like, there probably shouldn't be this type of a split, but it's like 90-10. Uh, and maybe that's being generous for me. I don't know. Okay? But she's just like a rock star mom. And for whatever reason, Winifred just doesn't appreciate it. And so Winifred was like being really mean and swung at her. And so I said, Winifred, you do not hit mom. And she looked right at me, stared me right in my soul and just went schwap right on Jerrica's face. And I was like, oh, 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 no, no, no. That's not how this is going to work out. Okay. So like her butt in my hand had a meeting. Uh, and however you feel about that, I'm sorry, but that's just what happened there. Um, Here's the thing. As parents, we know that children obeying the things that we tell them is important. Yes, there is an entire respect issue, but most of the time, the reason we instruct our kids to do things a certain way or we try to lead them to do things a certain way is to improve their life, not suck the joy out of it, right? We want to keep our kids safe. We want them to be on the right path. We want them to show, uh, we want to show them the right ways and we want them to be able to, to live a good, safe, fun, prosperous life. And so the instructions we give, the things we tell them to do, come from a good place in our heart. It's no different than our relationship with God. God instructs us to live a certain way. He tries to guide our path and, and show us the way that he wants us as individuals each to live. And he's doing that so that we can live our best life, so that we can 
have our best experience in our relationship with him and in our daily walk here on earth. But some of us are strong-willed children. And when he tells us to do something, we stare him right in the face and we say, not going to do that. And today we talk about following the will of God and exactly what that means for our lives. So Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 is going to be the first verse we're looking at today. And this is what it says. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. See, here's the thing. It's not just enough to follow Jesus. It's not enough to know Jesus. We have to follow his will as well. It's not enough to just know who he is. We have to do what he tells us to do. Now, we do well to recognize Jesus as Lord. Just like it was in the early church, and as it is still today, one of the things that separates a believer from a non-believer is the recognition of Jesus' lordship. Right? The recognition of the position of power that he holds. In fact, in John 13, 13, talking to his disciples, he says, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. If we look at the definition of Lord, it says, Lord is defined as someone who has power, authority, or influence, a master and a ruler. Now, Jesus certainly, okay, he certainly fits those characteristics. That definition definitely applies to Jesus. But as we all know, you can recognize someone's position and yet not submit to their authority. Are the words, not my president, ringing in anybody's head right now? So I thought, now that's not a political statement. That's just an example, right? You can recognize that Donald Trump is the president of the United States and still say, I don't agree with anything this guy has to say, right? We see that all over the place. You may have a boss or you may have had a boss in your past that you're thinking of right now. He was the boss or she was the boss and they were in charge and you're just like, I cannot follow this person. I cannot follow this person. So we can, we can recognize someone's position and we can recognize that someone should be in a place of authority and yet not submit to that authority. As Christians, if we hope to not just make it to the kingdom, but to build the kingdom of God, which is what our ultimate call and purpose in life is to do. We must submit to the will of Christ. And in doing so, submit to the will of God the Father. Listen to these verses. In Genesis twenty-two eighteen. God is talking to Abraham and he says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Why? All because you have obeyed me. Because you have submitted to my will, your descendants will populate this earth. You will be immensely blessed. In Exodus 19, God is talking to Moses. Listen to this. Now, if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth. For all the earth belongs to me. See, God's blessing for these two individuals, Abraham and Moses, comes through a direct correlation with their ability to submit to his will for their life. In Luke 11, Jesus is talking and he says, but even, or it's 11:28. but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. See, logic would state that if we as a church, if we as Cross Point Fellowship follow the will of God and everything it is that we seek to do, 
God will bless our ministry. I'll say it again. If we, as a church, as Cross Point Fellowship, and as individuals, seek to follow the will of God in everything that we do, it seeks to reason, okay, or seems to reason, that God will bless our ministry. We can't just tell people, hey, come to Cross Point, you can meet Jesus. I would agree with that statement. I think that's a true statement. We can't just say that, though. It's not enough for people to just come here and be able to meet Jesus. People need to be confident that if they come to Cross Point Fellowship and put their trust in this church, that we are following and obeying the will of Jesus in everything that we do. In everything that we do. We have to be on the right side of this argument. Here's the reason. We submit to the will of God because it shows the world that we are different. It shows the world that we are different. I don't know if you guys have a lot of conversations uh, with non-Christians about church, about Christianity, about religion, about all of those things, but one of the big arguments that a lot of them come up with is, why do I need Jesus? Because every Christian I know is no different than me. Right? Every Christian I know, they're not different than me. So why would I need to change the way I live life or submit to the will of this Jesus? They're no different. That's a major issue. It's a big problem. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's more than just showing the world that we're different, though. It's showing the world that we have a reason to be different. It's showing the world why we choose to live our lives in a different way. We have to show people the importance of being in a relationship with Jesus and an importance in following God. How different would this world be if we, the church, were actually different? And again, this is Big C Church. Yes, I'm talking specifically about you as an individual. Yes, I'm talking about us collectively as Crosspoint Fellowship. But I'm talking about the Big C overall Christian church. How different would this world be if people looked at us and said, there's something different about that guy or there's something different about that girl. Can't quite put my finger on it yet, but there's something different about them. What if we were the hands and feet of Jesus? What if we conformed to his will in all things? What if we gave Jesus and God the credit for everything in life? How different would our world be? How different would people look at us? What if we stopped talking about being different and, I don't know, we're actually different? What if we just stopped talking about it and we actually did it? Jake and I were having a conversation this morning about the difference between good intentions and actually following through. Sorry to use this, Jake. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm talking about it anyways. Right? We were talking about it's great to have good intentions. We can all have good intentions. We can all have good plans for our lives. We can all want to do good things. We can all want to follow the will of God. But wanting doesn't really get the job done. We have to actually do. 
That's where the worth is. It's in us actually being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's about us actually serving all of those around us. It's about having the same mindset as Christ. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. See, Christ, the ultimate example, obeyed the will of God, his Father, at every single turn, even when it led him to the most excruciating death that I personally can imagine. Even though that was the case, he still said, yet God, your will, not my will be done. Jesus followed God's will to the cross. Yet some of us can't even follow God's will to a new occupation. Some of us don't even follow God's will to that two-week mission trip. Some of us don't even follow God's will to be regular attenders at church. That one stung a little. To say, hey, I'm going to be there every week. I'm going to be there every chance I get because I know that that is God's will for my life to be a part of this community. And hey, if not here at Crosspoint, find somewhere where you will go and you are passionate about going every week. That's not a comfortable statement for me to make as a pastor. I don't want anybody to leave. Okay, that doesn't make me feel particularly good. But if Crosspoint just isn't doing it for you, find somewhere that you will be passionate about. Now, I say that with one disclaimer. If you're that type of person who's going to find something wrong with everywhere you go, you might as well stay here and find something wrong with Crosspoint. Okay? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Okay, if you're going to go somewhere else and be unhappy the whole time there, you might as well be unhappy here and be a part of the solution to fix whatever you're unhappy about. Because I say, even though I say, hey, go somewhere else that you'll be passionate about going, my desire is that every single person I ever come in contact with will have a real strong relationship with Jesus and that they will attend services every chance they get so that they can continue to build that relationship with community around them and with Jesus himself. Okay, that's the goal. But also the decision of staying or going from a church is not something to just be made willy-nilly. We have a lot of people, I'm not saying here, I'm saying in Big C Church, that are what I like to call church hoppers. All right, we'll go here for a couple weeks. We're going to get really involved. We're going to like it. Ah, something didn't go right. Let's go somewhere else. We're going to get really involved. Going to be awesome for a couple weeks. Ah, something went wrong. Let's go somewhere else. That's not the way that Christ would have us be in relationship with him either, right? Because we're supposed to have as a church the same relationship that Christ has, you know, with us, and he's not going to hop around every, ah, they did something I didn't like, well, I'll go with someone else, right? So we need to have that same attitude and that working as well. I didn't mean to go there, but for some reason I did. Thank you, Lord. What if others saw Christ in you? What if others looked at you and said, I think that something different about him or her is their faith, is the relationship with Jesus. 
There's just something different about the way that they're living their life. What if because of your desire to submit to his will, to serve him and others before you serve yourself, others around you saw you as selfless and otherworldly and did exactly what I just talked about, saw something different in you. Said, hey, I'm not quite sure what it is. Or maybe now, hey, I know what it is. There's something different about them. I want to be like them. I, I want that. So we must submit to the will of God to show others that we have something worth submitting to, that we have a better way to live life so that they see the value in the things that we teach and in the things that we say. But in order for that to be the case, we must submit to the will of God. Here's a smile. I feel like I've been angry face all day. I don't mean to be. Love you guys. But I want to challenge you all the same. To be the best that you can be as a kingdom builder. To be the best that you can be as a follower of Christ. Dare to be different. Dare to be godly. Submit to the will of Christ. One more thing I think I need to add here. If you feel like that hasn't been you, don't beat yourself up. Just go forward and change it. You don't need to dwell on the past about all the times you haven't done that or all the times you didn't quite succeed in that way. Sure, repent of it, ask for forgiveness, but move forward. Just like Jesus told so many people that he came in contact with, go and sin no more. He didn't say, hey, dwell on the past, beat yourself up over it and get depressed. He said, no, from this point forward, change and go in a different direction. Submit to my will and follow that right path. Why? Because the will of God will put us on the right path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How difficult is that? Trust on the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Even when you don't have the answers, even when you don't see the way, even when you're not 100% comfortable with what he's asking you to do, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I came up with this statement all by myself. I'm sure someone said it before, but I was pretty proud of it this week. And when I say I came up with all by myself, I should correct that. Like God in my time of prayer and my time of study kind of like delivered this nugget to me. And I feel like for some reason it's pretty important. Here's what it is. I never fear doing the wrong thing when I'm following the right person. Hear that again. I never fear doing the wrong thing when I'm following the right person. And that's in all walks of life. If I'm following a person that I know is good and just and righteous and true and has my best intentions at heart, I don't fear following them. Doesn't matter if I'm not quite sure of the outcome. Doesn't matter if I'm not 100% sure of how we're gonna accomplish the task. Doesn't matter if I don't necessarily see the vision that they have. But if I'm following the right person, 
I don't fear doing the wrong thing. As a church, we have to follow the will of God. And I will stand up here in front of all of you and say 100%, I believe that that starts right here in my shoes with me. But it cannot, and I repeat, cannot in there. It can't just be my pastor really wants us to do what God wants us to do. It can't just be that my pastor wants us to follow the will of God. We all, as members of Cross Point Fellowship, have to be working in concert to follow the will of God, not just for our lives, but for the purpose that He set out for our church. I love this church. I don't ever plan on leaving this church unless y'all kick me out, which may happen. I'm not too prideful to say that that may not be the case one day. But I love this place. And believe it or not, I love you people. All of you. Perfections, imperfections, you like me, you don't like me, doesn't matter to me. I love you. I love you. I love this place. And I feel like God has a big purpose for this church. Yes, in Republic, but throughout our entire area. And I'll be honest, I may not see that complete vision yet. I don't ha quite have a full grasp on exactly what that means for us. But I'm not going to fear doing the wrong thing because I know I'm following the right person. And that is God. And if we can do that together, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. And we have only just begun, but we have to be committed to that. We have to have that purpose be inside of us and to fill us up, to say that we are going to follow the will of God every chance we get. When we're uncomfortable, when we don't understand, when we don't see the way, when we don't know how, I'm going to follow the will of God because he is God. And if we do that, we will be on the right path. We will follow the right way. We must follow the will of Jesus to show the world that he is different and to show the world that we are different and that there is a reason and a more worthy way to live life so that we will be on the right path and at the end of the day, cross that finish line to receive the reward that is promised to us. But it's not enough for me to just be a part of the kingdom. I want to build it too. And I want all of us to be a part of that. Will you commit to that today? Will you commit to God? You don't have to stand up. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to sign a piece of paper. Will you commit to God right here and right now to say, God, I'm going to follow your will. Whichever way that it leads me, I am going to follow your will. I'm going to do what you seek of me. I will stand here as your pastor in front of you today and tell you that to the best of my ability, I will follow the will that God has placed on my life. And that I will never do anything rashly or emotionally. But yet in all things, I will seek the will of God for my life 
and for our church. My prayer is that you'll join me in that purpose. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for the fact that you have given us all purpose, that you have allowed us the privilege to be part of building your kingdom. Lord, we must all deny ourselves daily, pick up our crosses and follow you and say, wherever your will leads me, God, I will go. It's such an obvious statement for all of us. We all know that if we've been in church that we're supposed to follow the will of God, but the question is, do we do it? That's a question that we each have to answer on an individual basis. God, if people in this room are not following your will for their lives today, I pray the scary prayer that you break them and that you correct their walk and that you help them get on the right path. As a church, help us to be people who are putting others first, who have the same mindset of Christ, who look first to say, where can I serve and not how can I be served here? Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.